Well, good evening, and welcome back to our study in the Gospel of John. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Mark Lloyd Sr., who used to be retired. Yes. What happened there? You go into retirement, and it lasts, what, a day or two? Just about that long. <laughs> two months, to be exact. And I went back to work today. <laughs> so, got fished back in. I got fished back Let's in. Let's head to the other side of the boat and get him back in here. So, well, you can't get off this as well. So appreciate you joining me, Mark, and appreciate everybody. Uh, we received a lot of nice emails. Uh, we will discuss a couple of thoughts uh, that were shared to us uh, in a moment. So thank you so much for participating. And again, uh, we want everybody to feel free to shoot us an email, shoot yes. us a thought, questions, comments. Uh, we're open to anything. We are just discussing this wonderful book we know as the Gospel of John. So, since we're trying to do things with a time restraint in yes. mind, we're going to jump straight into our study tonight. We're in John chapter 1, the prologue, and let's begin by reading verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has overcome it one thing unique about john and we mentioned this a little bit last week is john begins with this very powerful and deep and insightful theological prologue and uh, he is certainly setting us up for his desire to make this case to everyone in that day and age, not just to unbelievers, but to believers, that Jesus was indeed the Son of God. So let's begin. Verse 1. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? It does. In the beginning. I don't think we need to go any further than that, because that's Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what it says in Genesis. That's, that's God telling Moses... This is what I've done. I want you to tell the children of Israel, this is what I did. But it's interesting now, we see in John, this first chapter, that there's a, another being in the Godhead who was involved in this uh, creation. And it's interesting if we read in Genesis 1, we see in us... Right. In Genesis 1. Let us make man let, in our image. Let us yeah. make man in our own image. And so there is a plurality that God doesn't go into uh, in the Old Testament necessarily. But he said, let us make man in our image. So John, I think, is beginning to tell us here of the involvement of the us. If you look in Genesis 1, you see God spoke. And then his spirit was on the face of the earth. So interestingly enough, as we talk about this word in just a minute, God spoke in his spirit. So I really think we see all three of the, right. of the beings in uh, Genesis 1, although the Lord doesn't put a great deal of emphasis on that. He says, I created. So he goes on to say here that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. So you have three things there. Um, the Word. The Word was with God. 
and the Word was God. So there's an extra being here, and he's also God. So I don't think that this, uh, the word with God has anything to do with subordination or even a relationship. It's just the fact that they are two entities there of equal power, i.e., uh, he was God. Well, and Paul kind of points that out as yes. well when you go to Colossians 1 and in Ephesians, yes. he shows the role of the Son, yes. of Jesus, uh, in creation itself. Now, one question that was asked of us uh, was about the word, in the beginning God created, and you see the word created used in Genesis 1.1, and here it says the word uh, was made, or everything was made through him, verse 3. I don't think there's a distinction that's really being made there, although it's two different words in the way that we see them, uh, but the emphasis is upon Jesus himself yes. being a part of creation. Well, Paul says that. He says there was nothing made that he didn't, wasn't not a part of. And so uh, the make there has to be creation. Right. So everything that was made, everything that was created was through Jesus. So here, John is just beginning to point that out to us, Christ's involvement in creation. And he's then going to go on and tell us about that. But he calls him here the Word. The word. He's the only one that uses that term. Now, I don't see there's anything any more necessarily than him being the light, him being the bread, other descriptions of Jesus, but it's only John that uses this term. And John may do that for a particular reason. Well, in that culture, in that day and age, uh, the word there in the Greek is logos. And so there was a lot of emphasis in that day and age placed upon logos, not just from a Christian point of view no. or Christianity or even the Hebrew point of view, uh, just in society itself among philosophers and religious teachers. The logos was indeed in their way a representation of deity. But in that mindset, while logos was there, this idea, uh, this identity of God, it wasn't relatable to man in the sense that man could reach no. Logos or even understand Logos, and even more importantly, that Logos couldn't even come down and relate to no. man. And so you get the impression, John's playing on that, which probably was a means of the Gnosticism uh, that he's dealing with. Gnosticism is ramping up. You remember that? And the Gnostics are those that love knowledge, and, and they were probably trying to grapple with deity. Yes and humanity in the same light. And so John really kind of attracts that. And he certainly goes after it in the epistle, yes. First John. But I think that's what he's pointing at here. Uh, he's taking Jesus, interestingly enough, in these first 18 verses, and pretty much outlining Jesus. Right. He says nothing necessarily specific, but he gives us such a wonderful outline of the person, the being of who Jesus was. Uh, he calls him the word here in the beginning. We find out that Jesus, through Matthew, that Jesus became the son when he was born. Uh, be that as it may, Paul says Jesus created, the Christ created. So whatever this being was that John is calling the word was in the beginning and created. Looking at verses 1 through 5, so with us in the text, if you were to outline or just look at significance, in my opinion, 
verses 1 through 5 just speak to the essence of Jesus. He is God. And you see that in his relation, first of all, to the Father himself. The Word was with God. So you see it in his relation with the Father. But then you see it in his relation with creation and that he was a part of creation. And then thirdly, in verses 4 and 5, in his relation with humanity. So God takes on a form here that we've never seen even in the Bible from the standpoint that what John is saying, God came down to man. If we skip ahead just here real quick, I'm not trying to jump ahead of you too much, but actually I am a little bit. You'll see this. Verse 18, nobody's seen God until they saw Jesus. Yes. Nobody had seen the Logos, but John says Logos was here. The Word was with us. Yes. And he goes on to say that same thing to Philip. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philip says, I think it's chapter 13, he, he says to Jesus, well, show us God. Show right. us the Father and everything will be fine. Yeah. And, and Jesus, I can just see looking at Philip. How long have I been with you? <laughs> Philip, I've been with you three years, <laughs> night and day. You haven't seen the Father yet. If, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in his explanation of God, it was just himself. Right. Part of his being was explaining God. And so we have then Jesus to explain God to us. And in verse 5, uh, we see the essence of Jesus and how he relates to humanity, that he comes as light. Light has a twofold purpose. It illuminates, shows a path, shows us, it reveals to us God, but it also comes with what Jesus came here to do, and that was to expel darkness. darkness. Anytime light comes in, darkness is, is pushed out. Now, you'll notice a little bit later uh, that it will say that he came to his own, his own did not receive him, which is kind of ironic with light. Uh, there's some darkness that can't be pushed out. It's going to go to a man's heart. But more importantly, getting to the context here with the prologue, is the light shines in the darkness. And so this shows us what John is trying to get across. I'm going to show you the light of God. And again, that takes us back to creation sure. as well. Well, uh, and also yeah. life. Yeah. He yeah. is the life. And in first in first John, that life is eternal life. So I think he's explaining here this spiritual part of him and how he relates to man. I have brought you life, which is going to be eternal life. How do we get life? Well, it's through light. Yeah. It's, it's that perfection. It's that knowledge. It's that perfection of knowledge uh, in which I'm going to give to men and you knowing me you will know God and it's through that relationship you can be saved but it does say in verse 5 and the darkness did not comprehend it yeah. now a lot of people want to say well that was just uh, overpower it uh, overcome it but I think there's a portion to that no the darkness I mean, you can be shining light on some people and they just still don't yeah. comprehend what they're supposed to be seeing. And I think that he's saying that here. This darkness, i.e. now, he's going to get back into the passage and we find out it's the Jews to some extent. Right. Um, his they, own. He came to his own. It would be his own his kin. Own people, his own kin. Yeah. And they did not receive it. Okay. So verses 1 through 5 
really point out the essence of who Jesus is in his relationship to God. But then we find the expression of Jesus as he is revealed, first of all, through John the Baptist, which is going to be mentioned in verses 6 and following. And in fact, we'll have more about John a little later yes. uh, in, in chapter 1. But John came as a witness. And, and what's significant here is, John, the apostle, is making mention of John the Baptist, who still had a powerful reputation that people knew who he was. And some would maybe even want to still set John on a pedestal. Uh, he's like the Elijah. But Jesus says, no, he was just the witness of Jesus. And so Jesus is not only expressed, and you see that in the works of John and, and later of the apostles, but you're going to see also with his signs. Well, he was, in a sense, Elijah. Yeah. They, didn't, they couldn't get him on that pedestal, but God says, sure. I'm going to send you, Elijah. And then Jesus said later, aren't we supposed to see Elijah? And he says, you've seen John, haven't you? Yeah. You've seen him. He's the that greatest was, of all prophets. Was, that was Elijah. And so the true light, the true light comes, and, and Jesus is the true light, the representation of God, and he came in the world. Yet the world did not know him, even though he came to his own. I want us to go on down, though, and I want us to see now. We, we see his essence in relation to the Father. We see the expression in the way that he's revealed. And thirdly, uh, the, how he is exposed or the exposition of Jesus in his relationship to the world. Verse 14, big verse. Yes. And the word, the logos, again, reference to God, even in that culture, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. He's saying here, became flesh and dwelt among us, but there's glory there, glory as the only begotten from the father, full of love, grace and truth. So he's, he's beginning to set the foundation of him being God. Right. But he does not deny his humanity. In fact, he comes out and says it explicitly. He became flesh. So God came to earth and became man. Now, Paul explains that to us, that he, he was a little lower than the angels, in Hebrews at least, whoever wrote Hebrews. Uh, but he says in Philippians, he, he, he lowered himself uh, to becoming a man. Yet, he became this flesh that we're talking about. We have to go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke to really see that story. John says, I've, you all have heard the story. You know the story. I'm not going to spend time with you talking about how he became flesh. Just the fact that he was human. And you see his representation of the Father in not just that he became flesh, but he became the embodiment, the visual presentation of what is grace, the grace and the mercy uh, and the uh, favor of God, as well as the truth, truth of God, which will take us to one of the great I am statements. Yes. I am the way, the, the truth, truth. Uh, and the life. And so you can see how John is really just setting the stage for this wonderful book. Unlike Luke and Matthew who begin with the nativity, yeah. they begin with the genealogy, really, and then get into the birth of Christ. 
uh, in Mark and his expression to the Greeks, probably more of Peter writing yes. as well. Yes. But John, John later in the first century is now really striving to get everyone to see just who Jesus is. God in the flesh. You want to say, what does God look like? Look at Jesus. Yes. You want to see how God would respond to a situation? Look at Jesus. You want to have God would teach something? Look at Jesus. His kindness, uh, His concern, His right. compassion. Who is that? That's God. And we see it in Jesus. In Hebrews 1, He says He's the exact expression of Jesus, or of God. God. Mm -hmm. And so, through all the writers of the New Testament, and John is just going to be one of the main writers, they're telling us that God on earth, we can see God in heaven by the God who was on earth, Jesus. Little uh, little phrase in the at the end of the prologue there is this phrase, grace upon grace. You'll notice in verse 16, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, probably various interpretations of that. Uh, the way I kind of look at it is, he is just the pure embodiment of the whole teaching of grace. The, the old law had grace in it. And you can't deny that. Uh, it may not be as flagrant and jump out there as much to us, but even God describes himself as being gracious. Psalms 103 certainly uh, highlights the grace of God. But you might look at grace in the Old Testament. Jesus builds on that. Here is grace upon grace as the full embodiment of that grace and truth. Other people interpret that as being this grace upon grace is just that. It's more graces. Yeah. Christ can give you grace upon grace upon grace. There's forgiveness of sins. There's this and that. And, and Jesus is the embodiment of all those. So all of these graces come through Jesus. Well, and as Peter says in, in his epistle, the, the idea of grace being multiplied yes, to yes. you. So you build in on it. But, but ultimately, when you get down to the, to the end here, all right, no one has seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. And so... The Gospel of John is a revelation for all of us to see God in the flesh, but more importantly, to see our Jesus as God himself, yes. as the Son of God. And Jesus is not going to deny that. Uh, it's, it's going to be kind of the running debate and challenge between him and the religious leaders, but when he gets before Pilate, he's going to make that clear. And so John's saying, I want you to see and understand that he has authority like no other. Yes. So much so, he has a word, a logos, that can create the world. And not just creation, but a revelation to bring salvation. It's when he, he says, no man has seen God at any time. We have, we have seen in the Old Testament, Moses who caught the back, the of, back his, of God, yeah. the back of his head as he passed by quickly. Um, but it's also said in the Old Testament, anybody who ever lays eyes on God could die or would die. Yeah. He, he's so powerful and we are so insignificant in that comparison 
that I don't know what happens to the person that he automatically would die if he looked on God. Mm -hmm. And so, if that is indeed the case, God says, I will send you. <laughs> well, there was a separation. Looked, yeah. And you might say there was yeah. a separation between Logos yes. uh, and man in that respect. You can't yes. see God. There is He is so transcendent. Yeah. There is no relation. But God says, I, I got this. <laughs> yeah. I got this. I will send you yeah. God yeah. on earth. And people have such a hard time uh, in the religious world of humanity and God in the same individual, in the same being. Many people say, well, he was only human. Right. And many people then will take John and say, well, he was really God. Mm -hmm. uh, well, no, he's both. Right. And he's telling us that here, that he became flesh, so that's man. Right. He lived 33 years as man. But everything he did on earth shows you God. Right. And then the power he had in his three years in his ministry was proving that he was the son of God. And that's what John is going to now do in his book. Yeah, so we're going to see his humanity as well as his deity. Uh, I got one more thing for us to wrap up on. You got yeah. anything? I was just going to mention in verse 12, I didn't want to pass it over. Because a lot of people... <laughs> that was my thing. Go ahead. <laughs> that's why we're on this together. That's what I wanted to conclude with. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. No, I'll no, no. let you go, and then I'll fix whatever you mess up. <laughs> but I was just saying, but as many received him... Well, in verse 11, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Now, we have to be careful with that. So I think he's talking about a nationality here. He's talking about a group of people here. But he goes into verse 12, but as many as received him, well, we're going to find out there were a number of Jews who did receive him. So there was individual reception of Jesus, individual acceptance of Jesus, but primarily the Jews in general did not receive him. But I think the important part is he gave them the right to become children of God. What a right. What a privilege. By us believing in him, that we have the right, the privilege, to become a child of God. And that was the point that I just wanted to make. We want to see who our Lord Jesus is. That's John's point. Yes. I want you to see him as God, the Word who became flesh. But to see Jesus clearly, and to see him through these theological lenses, we need to see ourselves. And this is the Lord's promise. And this is what he brings. That those who believe in him are his children. They're his family. They're in the family of God. And they are brought near to God. And, and, and that's what this is really yes. all about. Is so that we can have life, as we're going to see in John 10, and to have it more abundantly. And there's no greater life than being a child of the Word Himself. Yes. So there's great hope there, and that, that's just where I wanted us to see that that's where John uh, has, has the story going, and will even take us through ja uh, chapter 21 of, these are my sheep, feed my sheep, they, they are those who believe my Word. So anything else you want to add in the study? I'm, I'm excited about doing this. Good, good. Uh, so next week, yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
next week, next week, if you'll uh, read uh, through chapter one and go ahead and read chapter two. Now, we're not promising. <laughs> we're not promising that we're going to get through chapter two. Uh, but we, we're just going to keep discussing as we go. And so, but if you'll read the end of chapter one and chapter two, make some notes, send us some questions or yes. anything. Uh, that, that's where we're going to start heading. We may not get through the miracle of Cana or all of it, uh, but that's where we will head for next week. Okay. Does that sound good? Yes. All right. Announcements real quick while we got you and we're watching our clock here, uh, doing good on our time. Uh, we want to uh, certainly encourage everyone uh, to continue to remember in prayer uh, our sister Josephine and her family. Uh, we've had the opportunity to talk to her. Uh, Mark and Mark, y'all yes. went by. Yes, we went by, uh, I guess, Sunday mm -hmm. uh, and saw her and her son, her grandson. Oh, what a strong woman. Oh, she's amazing. What, what uh, just, I can't really describe her, but uh, she's positive, um, strong. Uh, she is looking that, that he's got a better place now. Um, I, I'm just amazed at her. And she had said, yes, there may be some help that we can give her primarily when all the family's coming uh, down for the funeral. We don't even know when the funeral's going to be yet. But as of right now, she is just, she's seeing him in a better place, and he's not suffering. And uh, I was just astounded at amazing. the kind of person that she is. If I, you've had the opportunity yes. to talk to her, then you've been enriched uh, by the faith of our sister Josephine. So. Uh, just amazing woman. She said Henry was all prayed up. Yes. He was ready. And so uh, God bless him for his powerful example. But we'll let you know uh, when we hear of any arrangements or, or what can be done uh, for them. Only uh, the other thing, uh, we are still soliciting your thoughts and ideas. Uh, if you would like to participate in an early service, a lot of you have responded to me uh, about that. Please continue to do so. Uh, that is something we are certainly considering. Uh, in the future is having an earlier service. So if you haven't responded, would like to, uh, let me know. Uh, just shoot me an email or a text about that. Yes. All right. Did we leave anything out? I think that's good. All right. Well, thank you so very much for joining us as we uh, discuss our way uh, through the Gospel of John. Again, if you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email. Let's do this study together. But I hope that you will be greatly enriched as John speaks to all of us about the Word, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God bless.